Welcome to episode 11 of Carol at Christmas, a story told in 12 parts. Let's begin. Carol marches back to Crum and Jacobs and past Stella's desk into her office. She shuts the door, pulls the contract from her briefcase, picks up a pen, and poises it over the Abra contract's signature line. She presses her pen onto the dotted line, pauses, then signs. She looks at her phone for the time. It's 2.49. Off to the fax machine she goes. Yes, fax machine. Apart from her phone and laptop, she has not invested in any new technology since 1999. While it's true that she knows what a fax machine looks like and where it is located in the upstairs offices, she hasn't a clue as to how to work it. Stella! At 2.53, Stella arrives at her side. Help me fax this dispenser. Now. This is it. There's not a moment to spare. Carol hands Stella the number. Stella fills out the fax cover page. As she does, a tear falls from her eyes onto the document. Carol notices, but says not a word. Stella loads the documents, dials the number, and presses send. At 2.59, the fax sent confirmation arrives. The phone resting on Carol's desk rings. She leaves Stella and the fax machine for her office. When she answers it, she hears, Congratulations, Carol. You've made the nice list. Congratulations, Spencer. Merry Christmas. Yes, um, Happy New Year. I do have quite a bit to attend to here at the store. Of course, make the money while you can, right? Cheers to you, my dear girl. <sighs> Cheers. Carol stares at her laptop screen, tapping between her island house and Bo's business profile. The sky darkens from daylight to twilight. Stella knocks at Carol's office door. I guess this is my final time giving you your annual reminder that the store is closed tomorrow and I won't be coming in. Be here an hour earlier on the 26th. Merry Christmas, Carol. Good night. Carol looks defeated, or maybe it's guilt on her face. Whatever the emotion, Stella has never seen her wear it before. Stella puts on her red and green knit scarf and matching hat and leaves. In her place appears the ghost of Christmas Future, aka Future, wearing a long flowing black skirt and equally long and flowing black cape, with a hood so large her face is unseen. Both the skirt and the cape are bedazzled with sponsor names like casket companies, estate planning companies, grief counselors, and so on. One bedazzled ad says, don't fly to your final home without us. Carol startles at the sight of the frightful spirit, reluctant yet ready to accept her fate of spending time with the third and final spirit of this gift of Mallory's. Carol approaches the spirit. She notices the bedazzled ads. Is there as much marketing in heaven as there is on earth? Future shrugs. Carol gestures for Future to lead on. Future stretches out a cell phone bearing hand and angles it at the selfie tilt. She snaps pictures of Carol and herself. Then she adds a filtered photo of the two of them to her Instagram feed with the hashtags Grim Times, Future is Watching, Spirit Visit, Purgatory, Hell, Eternal Damnation. She shows Carol. Carol's eyes widen in horror. Future pockets her phone and holds a hand out to Carol. They exit out the window. The two float the eight stories down from Carol's office like flakes of snow and land upright on the sidewalk below. They stand beneath a sign at the corner of Crum and Jacobs that reads Abra Warehouse. One doesn't have to inspect the sign with too much care to notice that it wasn't painted with care. Traces of the words Crum and Jacobs can be seen beneath it. Workers enter one after another. Each wears the same bleak gray uniform. All are joyless. Stella 
is among them. Stella? Carol turns to Future. Is that really her? Future nods. Then she takes Carol's hand. A new scene appears before them. Bo plays fetch with his dog in the front yard. Carol and Future stand outside. Per typical spirit protocol, the two are unseen by Bo and the beautiful woman walking toward him. She wears a smile on her red lips and carries a mug with whipped cream topped hot cocoa in her hands. Her hair is long, dark, and lustrous beneath an adorable knit cap. Her name is Andy, if you must know. She kisses Bo's cheek and asks, Does it seem silly to host an engagement party for ourselves? Not at all. He puts an arm around her. Yes, it does. You're too old for that. Carol turns to Future. How did they meet? Future points to the word fly on her capes. Don't fly home without us, Ad. Fly. What do you mean? Future spreads her arms, flaps them like wings, then she zooms around Carol like an airplane. I know what fly means. What does fly have to do with how they met? Future points to the Minneapolis sidewalk beneath their feet. She leaps to another spot and points to Bo's house on his flight home. Future nods on his flight home from here. Future touches a finger to what might be her nose. It's in shadow, so it's hard to tell. The one he takes on Christmas Day. This Christmas Day. Future nods in the affirmative to Carol's questions again. From the same corner, a new scene appears. One in the future, but also in the neighborhood. Future and Carol watch as the Cratchit kids run from the store kitty corner from Crumb and Jacobs, each clutching as much junk food as their arms can carry. A man in his 60s, who appears to be the store clerk, runs after them. Are those Stella's kids? Future nods. Carol shakes her head with a tisk-tisk brand of judgment pursing her lips. A new scene arrives. In this one, an aged Carol lounges on a beach chair, under an umbrella, looking bored, but being dead. Carol is relieved and elated. I made it to my island. She dances like a football player celebrates in the end zone. <sighs> I thought you were taking me to my grave. Carol gives her beach bod a closer look. Clearly I put on some weight, but that's to be expected, right? Carol approaches her bored looking bloated older body, curious. She touches her older self's shoulder. I'm cold. Carol scans the beach. A five-year-old boy builds a sandcastle as his parents relax on a beach towel nearby. His little sister drops a bottle of bubbles she'd been blowing and runs over to the aged and dead Carol. She looks up at the old woman lounging in her beach chair, appearing to have fallen asleep while reading a newspaper. Leave her alone. Come on. Carol turns to Future. When will someone notice? Future points to the sky. Vultures circle over Carol's dead body. Was I happy? Future gestures to Carol's lounge chair. Carol examines her dead self-surroundings with more care. There is an empty bottle of rum beneath her chair, a time flies when you're having rum tumbler to her chair's side, and a half-eaten bag of chips is propped between her substantial thighs. Carol lifts the newspaper her dead self holds. Beneath it is a trashy romance novel. She rolls her eyes at the book, then examines the newspaper. It is opened to the help wanted ads. She sees that an ad for a retail sales assistant is circled. No, not this. This was supposed to be my happy place. 
I didn't retire to an island to die drunk, overweight, and looking for work. This was supposed to be my time. Carol runs over to Future. She jumps up and down, insistent and demanding. One might say, throwing a tantrum. Wait, hold on. I know how this story goes. There's still time for me. You wouldn't bring me here if there wasn't, would you? I get to make amends, right? I can be better to Stella. Future gestures like a band director urging a crescendo. And Faith. I. I can accept her invitations. Future's arms continue to demand more from Carol. And all humans in general. I'll be generous and kind and good and I'll wish people a Merry Christmas and more. I promise. She falls to her knees. I beg you, spirit. Please. I have so much to do. Get me back. Please get me back. I need to get back. I'm changed. See? Carol lies on her back and makes angels in the sand. I will honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all the year. I will live in the past, the present, and the future. Please, spirit. Hashtag me redemption bound. Future takes a picture of Carol as she makes her sand angel. Future then adds it to her Instagram feed with the hashtags redemption bound, heavenly, angel time, and angel. Back in Carol's penthouse bedroom, sunshine streams through her window as snow falls gentle like someone has given a snow globe a soft shake. Carol stretches. The cuffs of her loose pajama sleeves fall to her elbows. Her eyes open wide with excitement. She leaps from her bed and opens the window. Oof, that's brisk. Carol pulls her robe snug around her, sticks her head out, and catches a snowflake with her tongue. Please say I didn't miss it. Please say I didn't miss Christmas. The carillon bells at the clock tower ring out the notes to a Christmas song in answer. Carol falls back into her bed, overwhelmed with relief. <sighs> I didn't miss it. Bo. She takes her phone from the nightstand and dials Bo. It rings. No answer. She sends him a text. Merry Christmas. Carol looks at her pajama and robe-wearing self in the mirror and sets her chin confident. She puts on her ruby and diamond necklace and her red leather gloves, warm-hearted. Oh, well. It's time to make amends, not to chase men. She dashes from her mirror to her entryway closet and pulls her jacket and scarf on over her pajamas. She puts on her ice pick boots and her practical black shearling beanie. In the elevator, she presses LL for lobby level. The elevator lowers at a normal pace from her penthouse. She sees herself in the mirrored wall of the elevator and laughs, laughs so hard she forgets herself. Her laughter is heard as the doors open on the 14th floor. Carol cannot contain her chortling as a family dressed in their Christmas finest enters. She smiles. Joy beams from her eyes as she shakes hands with each of them and wishes each a Merry Christmas, starting with mom and dad, then the eldest boy, then the daughter, who appears to be a year or two in between him and the youngest boy, and then of course the youngest. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, <gasps> Merry Christmas. While the eldest son eyes Carol with suspicion, the youngest, brimming with cheers, says with ease, Merry Christmas. And the daughter asks, inquisitive, without much judgment, Why are you wearing pajamas? Unsure why herself, Carol shrugs an answer. The mom elbows a dad and steps on her daughter's toes just hard enough to let her know not to say any more. Where are our manners? 
Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. The elevator opens. Carol pushes her way out ahead of the rest, polite as possible. Merry Christmas. She runs through the lobby, out the front door, into the city street where the falling snow continues to give its whimsical snow globe effect. Carol runs past the clock tower toward Abra. On her way, she spots a lone bell ringer. God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Carol hands her a hundred dollar bill. There'll be more. On she runs to Abra. A few moments later, inside Spencer's office, on a large screen displaying security footage, Spencer and Jonah look at a woman knocking on the glass door, peering in the door, noticing the camera, and waving at it. 